What is going on, everybody? I am Greg Hellback, and my co-host, Michael Pinter, and I are bringing you another episode of the New York Real Estate Investing Show. This show is all about how to be successful in New York State, one of the best places and one of the most difficult places to do business in. And each and every week, Michael and I are going to bring awesome content to everybody who wants to learn how to do this business successfully in New York. Between the both of us, we have done hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of deals. We've made millions of dollars and we've also made a ton of mistakes. So if you want to try your best to avoid those mistakes, definitely take a listen to this podcast. Every single week, we are going to provide actionable tactical steps on how you can be successful investing in the Empire State of New York. Stay tuned and welcome to the show. All right, welcome to the show, everybody. Greg Helbeck, Michael Pinter here. Today, we're going to talk about how do you set your year up for success? So it's the end of the year as we're recording this. It's December of 2022, about to be in 2023. And, uh, you know, we're going to make the show. It's going to be a little open-ended, but we're going to cover. We're going to start the show. We'll see where it goes, as they say, um, with, with how do you set your year up for success? What do you do so you can, you know, be on track for the next year? Because um, I'm a big fan of, of planning and reflecting and reviewing and, and, and looking at the year from a kind of a 30,000 foot view because, you know, you can get a lot done in a year. And I think at the end of the year, everyone, if they're if they're smart, they should take some time to review their personal, their business, et cetera. So, uh, Michael, I'll, I'll start with you, man. So it's it's the end of the year. You know, it's obviously been an interesting year for everybody, you know, with the real estate market. How do you assess yourself at the end of the year? Like, what do you do in December? to make sure when January rolls around, you're, you're hitting the ground running. Okay. So um, I think what a big part of planning is what you said is reviewing, right? So you got to really go over your numbers. I was looking at my numbers today for the year and I didn't hit my goals, um, but I had a pretty good year. And I've really been, my business, I broke up with a partner right before the pandemic in like very early 2020, late, late 2019. And I got slammed by the pan, by the pandemic and I'm working my way back. So um, I try to, I set lofty goals and I am looking at really where my business came from and which, which uh, marketing channels and how much I spent and what, what, my, what my return was. And I think for a lot of people starting out, they may or may not have these numbers. And one of the best ways to get those numbers is to use a CRM, right? You've, whether it's Podio or whether I use RE Simply, there's all, there's FreedomSoft, there's a million um, great software, but it's very important that they sort of merge with your bank account so you can see what you spent and you can see uh, what your return on investment is. And once you analyze those things, then you can make a decision about whether you want to, maybe you want to pour more, more money into a certain channel. Maybe you didn't even know, like I, I realized I got a lot of business. Almost half my business came from uh, joint venture deals. That's so, amazing. So now That's I got to think about, well. right. Well, I have some costs, right? Let's say my real cost, but like now I got to think about how do I, how do I really cultivate that? How do I get more? Um, how, you know, it's not as simple as, you know, it came from direct mail. I need to spend more on direct mail. So that's something that I'm, I'm contemplating, but I think a big, big part of this and you, and it's, it's crazy because you can't do it in the beginning, especially in New York, because three, six months, you don't know anything, right? Yeah. 12 months, 18 months, you start getting ideas of what, you know, wh where your money went to and what the return on investment was, but you got to know those numbers. So even if you're starting out, I would say even keep a Google sheet or an Excel spreadsheet with everything you spend by channel and all your returns on investment by channel and, and track your, your leads, uh, appointments, whether it's phone or, or, or live, um, your contracts, your deals to buy and your deals to sell, which are the same on a wholesale deal. 
And you got to track those numbers and look at them. And then you can look back and over time, you can really look back and say, you know what, I'm spending money on this channel. It is not doing anything for me. You know, after, after 18 months or 24 months, you may think about either reducing the channel or changing the way you're doing it. So I think the review is really almost more important than the plan because we don't really know what real estate investors, all of us, and we see this when we go to masterminds are very guilty of shiny object syndrome, right? We oh, see something and we jump at it, right? Somebody says, um, Door knocking. I remember I had a guy. Uh, it was a guy from Kansas City who was like, "Door knocking is my number one return on investment," and I'm like, "I got to go find guys to go door knock for me." But the truth is, that's something that Good didn't luck work out. Right? doing that, right? And 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 I mean, this guy got chased away by by people with guns and, and dogs. So um, it's easy to jump to new things, but I think what's first, you have to really see where where you are. And again, in the beginning, it's not going to look good, right? It didn't look good for you or me when we started. I remember oh. when you were. Posting Facebook when you were in college. And uh, when I started, I didn't, I didn't know what the hell I was doing. But over time, you get to see patterns and you get to see where things come from. And I, I had no idea. I had no idea that half of my revenue in, in this year came from joint venture deals. I had no idea, but it's true. So I need to really think hard. How do I, how do I get more, right? How do I get more people who are sending me deals? How do I find a way to spend money? I, I mean, it sounds stupid, but you want to spend almost spend money on getting more joint venture partners and getting more people who are, who are going to send me deals. So I think the most important, I got to sneeze. Thank you. Uh, most important part of, uh, of the planning is the review first of the year. Right. And sometimes you had a crappy year, right? I, I've had crappy years, but then you sort of have to look at well, what was better than I expected and what was worse than what I expected. And does do I have a reason why? And then you can think about the next year. 100%. Well said. Now, especially to like, you want to do this in December, not in January. Like I, I've been big on like, I actually am going on Thursday. I have two, I have a two part series where I plan my year in November at well, high level stuff. And then in December, I review my year. So what I do is I go to a, you know, external location, not at my house. So I go to the desert out here in California, if I'm out here and uh, I go to this specific resort very fucking bougie. It's very nice. I do this on purpose to get my mind elevated. I go to the Ritz in Palm Springs and Rancho Mirage. It's on this fucking mountain. Beautiful resort. Go there. For the get- yeah, you got to come out, man. It's it's you'd love it. The really nice hot tub. Uh, <laughs> anyway, overlooking the mountain. But so I I I take my fucking year, and this is uh you know business. I'll call cover the business in a minute. But I cover my my just my year in general. I, I go month by month. What was cool that happened in January, February, March, April, May, etc. All the way through the year, right? And I look back and I say, all right, what was some cool shit that I did? And I look at like, okay, I did this in this month, that in this month, this in this month, that in that month. And I'm able to kind of see the year from like a uh, 30,000 foot view. And I'm able to be like, oh, well, in these months, I did these really cool things where we our business did this in this month. How do I get more of that? How do I do that more often the next year, right? And it's funny to see like, you know, I, I, I'm pretty purposeful on like doing cool shit. Um, but what I, what I realize is like, at least for me, I want to fill my year with more cool experiences you know, that, that are provided by the business. So obviously, this all starts with the business. But when I can break my year down into months and even quarters, you can do this too. You can really see what was good and what wasn't good, right? And you can kind of diagnose that to figure out how to get around that and, and, and design a plan to, to, um, you know, to, to do it more consistently, right? That's on the personal side. On the business side, like you said, marketing is like everything in our business, whether that's free marketing, networking, or it's paid marketing. I've noticed in our business, at least this year, 
we have some channels that have done much better than other channels, right? So believe it or not, texting ROI standpoint is off the fucking charts. It's not as consistent because it's, it's it, you know, it's, it is what it is. Direct mail has always been good. Google ads were really strong. And then they now were like almost at a break even, which is interesting, which is something I need to investigate. You mean um, P -P straight, straight PPC? Straight PPC, you know, and we're not, we had a few deals that we were in the hopper, but they're not going to close because of title issues. Uh, one of them, a buyer bailed and it was a shitty deal. Like I wasn't gonna close on myself, but, but here's a tracking tip. Like a lot of people will track their numbers. You have to be able to like with Google, for example, you might think with Google, you're crushing it, but you're one or two deals away from not closing to have that whole ROI go down the shitter. Right? Like when I first started, what you're laughing. Right. That's true. Yeah, it's, it's fucking crazy. I thought I was the smartest Google ad marketer in the world. I'm like, oh my God, this is fucking like stealing candy from a baby. Every lead's motivated. Put this huge pipeline together, like six figures plus of like revenue just from that channel. And we had two deals close, made big money on them. And I'm like, fuck it. Let's turn it up. Let's amp it up, baby. In a million a day with Google. A million Google. a day. I don't give a fuck. I'm going to get all these credit card points. I got so much money. It's unbelievable. And uh you know, we fucking throw these deals in the hopper and like two of them don't close. One of them has a title issue. And I'm like, oh, well, on my pipeline, I have all this fucking money. But when they don't close, you're like, fuck, I still had to pay the Google bill. And now I'm like, shit, you know, I got to fucking, you know, I spend a decent amount of money on Google. So now I'm still going to spend money on Google because we, 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 in the grand scheme of things, I will say we get really strong leads through Google. I, I can't argue that. However, the sellers, and this is more of a tactical thing, the sellers are very whimsical people. Like they're hot and then they're not, right? Or or they're hot to sell. There's a major, they, they didn't tell you that they own the house with their cousin and the cousin wasn't in the picture. So you have to really look at each marketing channel, number one, from a long perspective. And you have to make decisions, especially at the end of the year, very logically, even though you emotionally want to make them, right? So you're, oh my God, these, these Google leads are so good. But if the fucking ROI isn't there, I was talking to a good friend of ours, Jeremiah, the other day, we speak every day. And I was telling him, he was telling me about TV. And I told him, I'm like, what's the dollar in, dollar out? And he's like, it's not there. And I said, you should probably fucking cut that. You're spending X amount a month on it. You should pay. He's like, I know, I know, I know. Because it's like, I'm big with, with in this business, it's so transactional. I'm, I've, I've been trained by Dan Kennedy. It's a dollars in, dollars out game. That's the only fucking metric that matters. It's the only Period. you're out. Right. I get people all the time asking me, well, what's your cost per lead? What's your cost per this? And I'm like, listen to me. I don't give a shit. Right? I don't care if I, I'll spend a thousand dollars per lead if if, the, if if two of them, if five of them are gonna, if one out of five are gonna close, right? It doesn't matter. All that matters is dollars in and dollars out. And people completely lose sight of that when they want to get in the weeds. They want to go, uh, well, I heard my cost per lead can't exceed twenty dollars. Who like, gives a fuck? Shit. If your cost per lead is a thousand dollars, if you got better leads and you you tested it over time. Then that's a that, I would pay a thousand dollars a lead if I if you if you told me these are the greatest leads ever and I'll close one out of two, four five even six I would do it. So you're 100 percent right. It's the, there was a guy I used for PPC a long time ago, Greg Bilbro. He was like, it's called the golden ratio. It's money in versus money out. Of course, that's all charged. that matters. Here's right. another. I'm gonna go on a fucking rant here and, and start going nuts here on this show because it's it's I'm just crazy this morning. Two cups of coffee. Who cares? So there's. Here's a, I don't know if I'm not going to call anyone out individually, but I, anyway, anyway, so there's this whole thing in our business where it's like, 
I have this data that no one else has, right? Or like, I can get you this list that no one else fucking has. And I, I got to tell you right now, every list works, but every list is also fucking garbage, right? So I hear people all the time saying, oh, well, I'm only going to mail niche lists. And this is especially in New York, especially in New York. I'm only going to mail niche lists and I'm going to get these unicorn sellers to call me. And we're going to do these six-figure deals. I got to tell you right now, if you're doing any sort of, and this is just a direct method, if you're doing any sort of direct mail volume, okay, and you're just doing niche lists, you're, 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 you're going to get lucky at best, right? In direct mail, if you want to have success, it is a fucking numbers game. Listen, should you have a decent list? Of course, you don't want to mail people who just bought their house or whatever the case is. But if you're just mailing niche lists, I've found, yes, you will certainly get some deals. It's going to be unpredictable. You're going to get crazy people calling you because they're on these niche lists for a fucking reason. And I have found if you're just going to like think if you think you can like, oh, you know, I'm not going to mail 20,000 people. I'm just going to mail 100 people on triple stack fucking dialer software lists. Guess what? You're probably not going to get any fucking calls. Right. I have spent a lot of money on data. I've mailed. You've mailed. We know what we're doing. I have found if you want direct mail in New York to work, you need to spray a big, big, big shotgun approach. And then you're going to get a percentage of those people are going to be pretty good leads. But I mean, what's the smallest list you think you should mail to, in your opinion? Oh, in Hudson, I mean, our markets are fucking tough, dude. I mean, if you're not mailing 10,000 people, you, you save your money. In my opinion, that's my the true opinion. If you can't mail at least at least 10,000 people, you're done. I And honestly, you're done. You're not going to get a deal for a long time. If you're mailing right. 10,000 at minimum, you'll get a deal in like, four, five, six, seven months, most likely, unless you're a complete Neanderthal on the phone. But if you're mailing less than 10,000, this is why I'm saying that I'll back this up with evidence. If you're going to get a half percent response rate, which is pretty good, you know, that's only, what is that? Is that 50 calls, Michael? Half percent of 10,000 is 50. So yes. 50 calls. Okay. And out of those 50 calls, 25 of them are going to be garbage. Take me off your list, pool of piranhas, the whole thing. So now you got 25 leads you're working. Okay. That's enough leads to get some momentum over. 25 leads about about a deal. 25, yeah, yeah, around on average. But if you're mailing 5,000, you're going to get 25 calls. And if you get 25 calls, you're going to get 12 leads, right? So so your, your math, the math is not going to work out in your favor. So if you're going to be mailing, let's say you want to plan direct mail out for 2023 to make this applicable to the show, you need to account for a minimum of 10,000. I would probably say 15 or 20, especially in your and I's market, because our markets are more expensive than Buffalo. Buffalo, maybe you can get away with five or 6,000, but you're going to get a tiny amount of calls and the, most of those calls are going to be shit. But the percentage of the calls that are not shit are pretty good leads because they're calling you. However, the biggest mistake I see new investors make going into the year is like, oh, I'm going to mail 3,000 people this month. Okay, just, just save your money. Honestly, save the money. Don't even waste your time. Go after vacant houses. Go do the niche stuff. Call them, text them. Don't waste any sort of direct mail if you can't mail at least 10,000 people. Because listen, when I started, I could mail 5,000 in 2018 and I would get deals for sure. But as the markets change, sellers have gotten sophisticated, a little bit more competition in the market. Your, your, your message is just getting drowned out by a lot of other people. So I just, we were fucking doing a deal right now, yesterday. Lady called the postcard. Brett was in the city. So I was doing some calls. Lady got my postcard. She got five of them from me. And I mailed that campaign out two years ago. All right. We're doing the deal right now. So if you have enough, the point is if you have enough cards out into the marketplace, you're going to get deals off the bat if you mail enough people, but you're going to get, I call them residual deals that, that are coming in from years ago. I've had your card for five years. I just, my mom just moved out of the house. It's a disaster. 
Um, I need to sell it like right now. And, and like, if I didn't mail that person two years ago, like who knows, she might've called someone else. So you have to have, yeah, you have to have enough people you're mailing um, in order to have results. I mean, what are your thoughts? I just rambled because I'm so passionate about it because it's like- I, I agree. I agree. You need a big enough sample size or else you don't even know. You don't know what could be wrong, right? Your your list could be bad. Your your data, anything could be bad. Your postcard could be bad, although it's hard for postcards to be bad. Mm-hmm. But you need a decent size. I think also, yeah, 10,000 is probably a good number. 10,000. I, I mean, listen, if you're if you're in Rockland, Nassau, you're probably looking at 15,000 because you're dealing with ARVs that are 700K- or less like that's the reality like if you're in your market like even rockland it's it's expensive but the benefit is that this like people like are always like why would i sue direct mail when it's so expensive we get so many good deals from direct mail because when you get a good lead it's almost like it's an inbound lead they're they're calling you they know exactly what's going on they they didn't throw your postcard out so if you have a budget here's a takeaway for the listeners if you have a budget okay and you can commit to that budget and you're willing to stick it out for six, nine months, you're going to get consistency. The thing I like about mail is it's consistent revenue over time, right? With, with texting, you can get sporadic. I mean, it, it, you got to do it consistently, but you know, the carriers can shut it down. The number's bad. Like the direct mail I've found, it's very, very predictable. And I learned a lot of this from Todd Swaggerty, but you got to plan your, your marketing in advance. So let, let me transition to another part of the show that has to do with what I just said. So Todd Toback talks about a marketing calendar, right? So if you're listening to this in December or early January, you want to plan your marketing well in advance so you can remove the emotion from it, right? If you can sit down for two hours and plan out a marketing campaign, doesn't matter what channel you're doing, and you can simply have it planned out and mapped out, the only thing you have to do at that point is execute it, right? I mean, I see a lot of people, they just go out and they they, they drop 5,000 postcards, they they knock on a hundred doors and they get no results because they didn't have a plan. I'll leave it there. I'll let you comment. No, I agree hundred percent, especially with mail. The number one thing you see with mail is people send that one mailing and say it didn't work. Um, you need to really mail out five to seven times for it to work, um, which doesn't make sense, right? It's counterintuitive. You would think I have this great list and I mail it once. Everybody wants to sell is going to call me, but that's not how it works. There's a tremendous luck factor in Huge. all marketing. Especially mail, right? Your mail has to hit your mail for that guy to call you. That mail probably has to hit him the day, you know, the day the tenant said, I'm not paying you anymore, evict me. The day the the uh the roofer told him it's gonna be seventeen thousand dollars to replace the roof, the day the guy called up and said that his third refrigerator in 18 months went on the fritz. You want that guy, you want that that's the day you have to hit. Now, when you mail five to seven times, first of all, you're increasing your chances of hitting five to seven times, but also there's a consistency factor, as you said, someone most people, most competitors of ours are one and doneers, right? They they send a thing, it doesn't work, and they say, screw it. And people notice consistency. When they get the same, uh, when they get a card from the same person over multiple periods of time, they, they are more likely to think that you are serious about buying. So those two factors weigh heavily. And when we're talking about, think about what we're talking about. We're talking about what you just said. You said 0.025% of the list is gonna be a lead, right? And a lot of those leads are not gonna close. So if you can increase that, you can double that, right? Or triple that by doing what we said, it's the difference between a mail campaign being successful and a mail campaign being not, not being successful. So there's a lot of that. And, and marketing calendar is a, is a huge deal. How much are we gonna spend every month on this? Are we gonna analyze any of these channels at certain point and decide whether we wanna spend more or cut them out completely? And I think it's, I think it's very important. Consistency and persistency 
really separate the successful people from the non-successful people. Yeah, it's so true. It's especially too, like, let's say you don't have the budget for mail and you want to do a cheaper marketing channel. Like you, I know you recommend the cold calling, which certainly works. If, if, if you're wanting to get a deal, this is, I'll just tell people what I would do. If I was brand new and I knew what I knew now and I wanted to get a deal as soon as possible within reason, what I would probably do I don't think I would drive for dollars just because like you said in your video yesterday, there's a lot of zombie properties that are going to be a false, false start basically uh, like the Jets the other day. But uh, by the way, that's a whole other podcast. I'm, I'm really nervous, but uh, anyway, I, don't want to do uh, that one, but... I would probably, this is what I was telling a new investor to do this when I met with, uh, with her a couple of weeks ago, I said, I would become a master of the public records. So there's a guy named Dave Day in Florida and he's like, his whole business is like public records. So I would go sign up for uh, in Orange County. It's IQS. I think it's a hundred something, 150 bucks a quarter. I know Nassau has got really good data. Uh, you, what is it? My Nassau. What is that website called where you can see all the recorded docs? So my, it's, you go to my Nassau property to get the section block and lot. And then you go to US land records to see the, based on the section the block and lot, everything recorded. I would probably go and I would get really familiar with the documents that that show distress. So in our case, there'd be a list pendants. You'd have to you have to know what you're doing because some list pendants are a waste of time because it's like you know they owe more than what it's worth. Um, in my area, you can see uh, city tax liens. Like you can see if like in the city of Middletown, if there's like a tax foreclosure, you can see all that and you can see the whole thing and it's very good opportunity. It just takes a lot of time. You can see um, you can see the probate stuff. You can see all this kind of stuff. I would go after really niche court records and I would specifically target owners. You know, it, it, this is if you don't want to do like mass cold calling, I would target like really distressed people on the public records when you're seeing it right from the source. And I would probably build up some sort of a texting and calling campaign. But the way that I would do it is I would figure, okay, I'm probably going to need at least 400 of these distressed prospects to even have a remote chance of getting a deal, right? Of these targeted people. And I'm going to spend three hours a day working on these prospects. And I'm going to take my three hours a day and I'm going to compound that over at least 120 days. And I'm going to see after 120 days what my effort is bringing me in the result of true net leads, right? Because a lot of people, they'll do this for a week and they'll get shut down, but they don't understand that once you build the momentum and you have your like little system that you design on your own, You'll start to realize over time cause and effect. Okay, if I spend three hours a day working the system and calling and researching, that generally brings me one good lead every three days. And if I need you know X amount of leads to get a deal, I'm simply going to need to put in probably 90 to 120 days worth of effort to get some sort of result. So you have to think about this like a machine, right? And you have to pre, you have to, you have to plan in advance the amount of effort or money, depending on how what you got in order to get a deal because you know right. you either you got time or money absolutely you said a word that's really important is momentum i know a lot of the guys i know who own mail houses or or are involved in any kind of marketing channel in a big way they always say it's momentum based so you have to continue to i thought you put, I thought you put a cigarette there but it was a straw um, um yeah it's it's a momentum-based thing. It doesn't seem nor it doesn't seem right, right? We think we just, you know, somebody wants to sell is gonna just gonna gonna contact us. But what has it's momentum-based. So when we mail multiple times or we call multiple times or we spend time researching for a lot of time, that's when you see results. It's it's like a lot of things in life. Like when you start, it's it's hard. And we all think that people that are successful had this instant success. Um, but it's the people who are successful who failed a bunch of times and who and who worked through it and got this momentum going and whatever they're doing.
No, it's it's so true. So let's let's go back to their year. So so when you're when you're planning your year out, so for next year, so 2023 going there. So you've realized that a lot of your deals are coming from JVs, other investors bringing deals. Now I'm going to make an assumption that a lot of that is coming from two channels. Your YouTube channel, which is phenomenal. I watch every single day. I'm probably your biggest subscriber and I comment all the time. I know you see those. And then your RIA meetings, right? Those are the two. Would you say those are the two ways you're doing it for the most part? The truth is, I don't know. I don't always know where some of these deals come from. That's the truth. I, I can't, uh, I, I don't know. I, I mean, it's got to come from those. I mean, there's how else is someone going to know you? I guess, I guess it is. I, I guess you're a celebrity is. in Nassau County. I can say it for you. Okay. You're the Nassau County celebrity, you know, I wish, I wish. So in terms of getting, getting your, your message out into more people right now, have you, have you considered maybe doing Facebook ads for something like this? Like come to my, like follow my channel, come to my meeting. I've like consider it. I've considered it. I post a lot on Facebook, but I, 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 I've, yeah, I've considered it. I don't know. I have to really think hard about what, what the best way to increase that channel is how do you get someone to approach you do you have them call you or email because maybe you could set some sort of a system up where like they can fill out a form and because i know you get a lot of garbage leads like everyone does like where people are giving you a listed property like it's a waste of time like how do you identify this and that because i mean obviously you're making a lot of money doing this but how can you systematize this in a way where you know yeah, there's so a I, process I, that I give out my office number most people just call me on the office number and i and i get a message and i call them back that's usually what i do Okay. So, and then they, what they'll do is they'll say, Hey, my, I saw your video or whatever. I found out about you from whoever I got this property in whatever. And let's see. And, and how do you like qualify? Like, do you make so sure a lot of, listen, a lot of them, a lot of them say they want to come work with me. So like, I have another office there. I have somebody sitting there. He brought me three deals this year. He's, he sits there almost every day. Like he, and he's up, we have a fourth deal in the works now. So some people come into the office and they start working here and then I help them, um, other people just shoot me deals, right? And then I, and very often I'm just telling them this is at this number, it's a buy. And if we can get it around there, then let's go see it. Um, so it's different. I have a bunch of different sources. I wish it was more consistently in one place, but I guess it's good that it's coming from different ways. But like I had a guy call me out of the blue. I think he got me from, from Facebook or YouTube, you know, and we closed the deal. It was like an $80,000 deal. It was a pain in the ass deal thought it was going to die, but it survived and we did it now. So he just sent me something else today. I think what he sent me today is shit. I didn't really look at it, but like, I don't know. I, I, I wish there was some great funnel where everybody was coming and I knew that they were going to one place, but I think people are coming from different places. It's something I really got to think about. I got. I would say spend time planning. I would say you should, this is my advice, take it with a grain of salt, but I would probably set sort of some sort of website up, like bring michaeladeal.com or something that's easy. And it's easy domain, as Frank Kern would say, to remember, hey, bring Mike a deal.com. You know, that's like pretty straightforward. And then you drive all that traffic to like a, some sort of a web form where they can, you know, name, address, email, you know, property address. Is it, and then I would make like, is it listed on the market? Like, cause that's binary. It's either yes or no. And if it's yes, automatically like no, it, you know what I mean? And then you can kind of, it's almost like a marketing channel, like an inbound marketing channel. Like, oh, well, I see this guy submitted a form, you know, bring michaeladeal.com. That might be something, you know, that, that could be a little bit easier than the phones. Um, Cause at least with me, what I've realized is like when we're getting JV deals, a lot of it comes from either Instagram message or uh, an email uh, and it's kind of all over the place, right. Or it's someone I've already done a deal with and they text me, they have my number at that point, but I'm, I'm in the same boat where like I, a decent amount of our revenue, not a ton of it, but at a, a, a considerable amount 
came from JVs this year. And some of our biggest deals this year came from JVs, like, like monster deals. And I'm thinking, I'm like, huh, this is basically free money. I didn't have to work that hard to get it. I mean, my knowledge was the reason why it closed. How do right, we there's time, this there's a, listen, there's, a, there's a time factor involved because a lot of the things people are going to bring you are not, are not good. Yeah. Um, but like you said, yeah, some of my biggest deals also, I mean, I'm, some of my biggest deals came from JVs for sure. Yeah. It's interesting. It's, I think it's a channel that a lot of advanced investors don't, don't put enough emphasis on. You and I are clearly doing it. There are uh, some, I know a guy in Virginia beach. He, he told me, you know, he started selling coaching and he has the best part of it is that I don't do any marketing anymore. All my deals come from, from students. There's something to say with that. There's really, some, and, and they already kind of know what you're looking for. It's, it's interesting to see like how, and the, the thing is with that is there's such a value exchange there. Like there really is so much value for value going down, like new, new person, no experience has time experienced person hard with time. A lot of experience. It's like a match made in heaven for new. For sure. I know, I know there was a, I remember what, it, what, it, what it was, but there was some kind of thing that people were selling where it was like, listen, no matter who you are, you can't be everywhere. You're not no. going to get every deal. Even if you're the, spending the most money in your area and you're the most famous guy in the area, there's all these deals that are going to happen without you. Right? And when you think about it, right? When you think like big areas like Phoenix or Dallas, there's like, there's like 30 monster guys there that are all doing deals, right? There's an, and there isn't one that stands out. There's a lot no. of guys doing multiple seven figure deals. So his, I forgot, I forgot what this was exactly, but it was like, you have to build up this, um, this huge amount of people who are sending you deals, right? These are people who can find deals and they're going to send you deals. And I don't remember what it was, but I, in the, in, on some respects, it makes sense. Yeah. I mean, it's like, it's interesting you say that about the big markets. Cause yeah, like I know five or six guys in Phoenix that are doing 10 plus deals a month in one there's metro. More, there's more, there's more, there's probably, there's probably 20. Some of the most famous guys in, in, in the business are off. Most of the most famous guys are, are, are in Phoenix, right? There's a whole group, the whole group. Oh, so we, I mean, the Steve Trang and, um, and all uh, in. What? Carlos, you know, there's a lot of guys. What's the, what's the, the, the TTP guy? Oh, um, Brent Daniels, Cody Sperber. Like these guys are all in Phoenix. There's a million. They're all, and these guys are all doing, you know, two, three, four million dollars a year. All of them. Yeah. It's crazy. Right. And, in Dallas, and in Dallas is a million guys in every city in Texas, in San Antonio, Dallas, Houston, there's a million guys doing it. So yeah, it's wild. We actually just started to buy leads in Houston off need to sell my house fast. The leads are fucking good. Um, which is another channel. I guess shameless. So need to sell my house fast, Uh, quick backstory on them. I, I used to buy leads from them. I stopped because leads were getting a little squirrely. I looked at my account like a month ago. <laughs> it's like 12 grand in affiliate credits. I didn't even know that I, I, I knew I had an affiliate link, but I didn't really promote it. So clearly I'm buying leads from them now. And I know you got turned on to them. Uh, you know, the owner better than I do. I mean, I've found yeah, that yeah. to be a pretty good marketing channel for someone, even with a limited budget, because I'll let you talk about them because you made a good video on them. But like, what, what about that channel do you like? And, and what is it if people aren't familiar? So to me, it's, it's very similar to a PPC lead because someone is typing in, in Google, I need to sell my house fast, something along those lines. And then yeah. they're being sent to a page. And then they, what the, the beauty of them is that they're very helpful in letting you know what to bid. Mm-hmm. Um, because the way it works, obviously, is the highest bidder gets it. But they'll tell you, listen, right now there's a guy bidding $300 per lead. 
but his budget's only $3,000. After 10 leads, it's going to go to the next highest bidder, which you can be at 250. And we're consistently getting 50 leads in this area. That's good news, right? I'll let this guy get the first 10 and I'll take the ones after. They're not sending him the better ones or and me the worst ones. It's just the time frame. After he gets his 10, he's done. So that number one is, I think, much better than Google, which is a oh, weird yeah. system of how much you have to spend and where nobody even knows why the hell they're sending leads or putting you up higher or lower. It's almost crazy. Um, and another good part about them is that they'll give you a credit if it meets certain criteria. So if the property is listed for sale, you get a, you get your money back. That doesn't work with Google. Google, you're getting tons of people who are listed for sale. If the property is not is not a house, if it's a mobile home or if it's land, they'll give you your money back. That's great too. You're not getting that from Google. And other criteria, like if they if they if they had it before, if they sold you the lead before in their system, they're not going to charge you a second time. And there was a bunch of other reasons why they'll give you credit. So um, wholesalers, if the guy's a wholesaler, which you're going to get PPC all the time. Also, if the phone number doesn't work, you can't reach the guy. They'll give you credit for it. That's a huge, huge deal, right? Because yeah. most paper lead channels are taking your money, giving you shit, and then saying, well, sorry, spend more money and maybe it'll work out. With them, they're like, if you have a legitimate reason and you can prove it to us that it's a legitimate reason, we'll give you credit. We'll give you another lead later. And I think that's I think that's amazing. Well, right? it's because they stand behind a good product. Like they're confident in their product, which is the truth. You know, Think about it. I mean, I don't know any other lead provider that, do, that does these things where they say, Open up a dispute if you have a real reason, and we'll I will credit you the money if it, if it works. And, and they're they're good with it. We open up disputes a lot, and and they're on it. They are on on on. Yeah, same day, Great. same day we get credit with them. There, that's that's that. I think that's a big big deal. It says a lot about them. And I know the guy who owns it, this guy Amir, and uh, he's a great guy. How did he get involved in this? Because uh, you said a little. What didn't he like buy I, it? I, I, or his story thing? is one of the craziest stories I've ever heard. Let me hear it. The guy was like doing website design, and wasn't wasn't going great and need to sell my house fast expired as a domain and he went there's a, there's apparently there's a site to go to for expired domains and he looked at it and he said with his partner should we buy it like he didn't even know anything about real estate investing he thought he was it was it was a good way to, to get realtors he didn't understand the whole concept of wholesaling well most people don't so um I think they spent three hundred dollars on the on the domain, and they had to like fight whether it was worth it. And they had spent three hundred dollars on the domain, and then he built a site, and he got tons of leads, and he got into the whole community. He found Collective Genius, and he found Investor Fuel, and he realized what's going on, and what do people want. He built it up, and then this what the so that that's a normal story. What the craziest part of the story is, some dude copied his website and bought the domain. Need to sell my house. And because he basically duplicated their website, they sued him and the courts not only awarded them damages, but they gave him the guy's site. So now he, I just need to sell my house also. Like he won that in court and he said to me like, we never thought in a million years they were going to give us the website, but they gave it to him. So he's, he's built a business up. He has a, a pretty good infrastructure based in South Florida. And now he really understands that his bread is buttered with investors who are going to pay, the, for, the, pay for the leads and not from realtors. So uh, I think it's a, I think it's just the crazy. That's an story. unbelievable story, and that's a great domain. Need to sell my house fast, like that's you know pretty that's clear. It, right? Objective. That's that's what we're all talking about. That's what we're all looking Need for. To sell my house fast. Yeah, those leads are smoking. We have one right now where it's a subject to deal uh, in Delaware that we got accepted. We got another one that's on the fence. I mean, those leads. I would say you're 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 if you're new and you have a reasonable budget. 
that is going to shortcut a lot of bullshit, right? You don't have to worry about calling. You don't have to worry about a Google ads manager. You can just simply buy the effing lead and it comes right to your CRM or it comes right to your email. I have found that to be, I wish I knew about them years ago. Uh, I really discovered them a couple of years ago. Yeah. Um, and like, I, there are guys, good guys. I know like in Chicago, like Blake McRide and Blake, Blake's like pay-per-click um, marketing channel is like, I put in half to Google and half to need to sell my house fast. Yeah. And he's like, Sometimes one's better than the other, sometimes the other one's better than the other, but he's like, there's no reason for me not to be spending money on both. So I'm like, 100%. okay. And you great. can buy leads anywhere. Like if you wanted to go virtual and go into Cleveland, any camp, any turn camp the damn Cleveland thing on. And, you, and with, with another incredible um, uh, service that they provide is you can call them and say, hey, you got any counties where nobody's bidding and I can yeah. get them for something. Oh, I forgot and about that. You. Yeah. They'll tell you. They'll go, yeah, we got these 30 counties. You can bid 75 bucks a lead. We get five leads a, a month from it. It's super cheap. And they'll be thrilled to help you out with that. Like they they want, listen, obviously they want to make money. They don't want leads coming into places where they can't monetize. So you have to look and see if those are, you know, you don't want to buy in, in super rural areas. You want to buy in, in cities where there's at least 100,000 people, but they'll help you with these counties. And they, they're super helpful. Like you would think that they would just tell you, oh, it's a, you know, it's a black box system. We're not going to tell you how we do it. They're like, well, we're an open book. We'll tell you exactly what to do. Don't be the highest bidder here. You need to be the highest bidder here because this guy has unlimited budget and he's spending two fifty. You should spend more. Like he'll, they'll, they'll tell you what's going on so that so that you can make money and get and get good leads. Yeah, it's so true. There's some wild boar crazy person in Washington State who's bidding eight hundred bucks a lead. I'm like, what the fuck's going on in Spokane, Washington, to make this so good? But that's the beautiful. It's an open. It's a free market auction system, right? Listen, Honestly, in my area, they're not that bad. I mean, Long Island, they're not that bad either. Like they're the, not bad. They're not bad. And listen, that guy, maybe that guy has come to some reason, uh, some uh, calculation where if he buys twenty leads, uh, he gets a deal from them, and eight hundred bucks is sixteen thousand dollars. And maybe he's averaging forty grand a, a exactly. deal in Spokane, and makes sense. Like maybe that guy's done the math. I, I don't know. So more power to him. I, I I agree. There's some like in Harris County, Texas. I'm bidding 150 bucks a lead. I'm getting leads, which is Houston, which is major, major city metro. You think Houston would be 500 bucks a lead, but you know, it's, it's interesting to see, you know, the, the action item is go check, need to sell my house fast. They're great. Um, anyway, great people, you can speak to Joe, you can speak to Joe there. Joe is super helpful. Great guy. Yeah. They are good guys there too. That was Amir. And who's the other guy? Jason. Yeah. Jason or Joe, there's, there, there, there's, um, there's nobody you can call at Google to say, Hey, no. uh, how much should I spend? There's nobody to call, right? You, know, you can speak to somebody from uh, Pakistan who's going to ask you what the hell you're talking about. And that's if you actually get somebody uh, on the phone. So as far as I'm concerned, the fact that I can have a real normal conversation with somebody where our interests are aligned, right? He wants you to do deals because otherwise you're not going to keep spending money and he's going to help you guide you to do it. I think it's a great, it's a great thing. Couldn't agree more. We went all over on this podcast. We're getting to the end of our hour. I hope everyone got value. I hope everyone has a great Christmas, holiday season, whatever you celebrate, New Year's. And uh, we'll see everyone in 2023. Michael, I am signing off. Hey, put 